Hello, welcome to the Pink Print Podcast. My name is Rochelle and I am your host. Today I am going to be going over business class home buying 101. (laughs) Um, If you are considering buying your first home, then I am going to take you through the entire process of successfully buying your first house. And this is going to be super information based, okay, because I want to make sure I give you as much detail and clarity as possible. And I really want to make sure that I explain it in a way that is simple, but effective. And I actually love this format because I guess because I feel like in the future, like you can go back to this, re-listen to it. If you have questions, you're able to reference it. And if you're my client now or in the future, that just makes me really excited. So I'm just going to get into it. Let's get started. So the first step is meeting with the real estate agent, and I recommend a local realtor because they're going to know the market well. Like you want someone who knows the market super well, and they'll also be able to recommend other vendors that you're going to need along the way. So I want you to meet with a real estate agent first and foremost and have a consultation. Then the next thing you're going to do is get organized because Unless you're paying cash, one thing you will have to do is apply for a mortgage. And before you do that, you will need to gather up a lot of documents that a mortgage mortgage lender is going to need. So things like your tax returns from the last two years, your W-2 forms from the last two years, your check stubs, your um, and typically they're going to want those from the last 30 to 60 days. And also your bank statement statements from the last 30, 60 days and sometimes It just depends on the lender, honestly. And so you're going to want to start gathering all of those documents so that you know where to locate them when it's time. And they're also going to want them electronically. So you'll want to get those off of your bank's websites from your job. You want to start gathering those up. I can't trust that enough. And so that'll just make it so much more easy to access it that way. And so at this time, I also want you to see if you qualify for any down payment assistance programs because you don't want to get far into your home search and then you've made your offer and then you realize you may have qualified for something. I want you like I and I can give you more information on that too, but you want to definitely make sure to check that out in the very early 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 beginning stages of the process. And so when you apply for your pre-approval Um, or where you actually apply for your mortgage, I recommend that you apply with at least three lenders because that will give you a good idea of what you qualify for. It'll give you a good idea of of the mortgage rates you're being offered. And the the good news is, is that the credit reporting systems allow you to shop around for your mortgage. So they won't keep pulling your credit score. Um, If, and it's, if you do it within, I want to say a two week period, but it could be 30 days. Um, I want to say two week period and and it just depends. So ask before you do it, ask. Um, so you're not negatively impacted several times. That's the whole point. So apply with three lenders if you can. And I recommend that you apply with one that your realtor recommends because they have a relationship with that lender and hopefully, you know, they can give you a great referral Also, you can reach out to your current bank or credit union. I have to say credit union, even though I'm. Anyway, 
and then also a mortgage broker that is someone who will go out and try to find you the best mortgage deal so those are your options and then there are also online banking systems that you can get a pre-approval from um but so those are the various options but first and foremost i would say definitely start with your bank and your realtor um or just you know any lender recommendations or referrals that you get is super super helpful during that time and it's important to know that you're not going to make a decision on your lender until you are under contract but you will have those lenders so that you can go back and have them when you're ready um, so that's important to do right at the beginning and so what you're looking to get from the lender, like I said, is a pre-approval, and it's going to be for a certain amount based on your credit, your income, and all of those documents that you gathered up, they're going to give you a final pre-approval letter. So let's say, for example, they give you a pre-approval for $500,000. i am going to recommend that in your budget, at least pull back 10%, because if $500,000 is your maximum you qualify for, you don't want to go up to your maximum maybe like maybe you go to 450 instead of 500,000 and that gives you a bit of wiggle room because and I say that because all lenders are basing their pre-approval off of is your gross pay your gross income and not your net so you know exact so you know exactly what you're bringing home each month and you know your actual bills so if you have kids in daycare for example a lender will not be aware of that a lender will not pull that up on your credit report. So be very mindful and very conservative on what you can afford and not just going by what you're pre-approved for. Also, there are four main primary mortgage types, and that's a conventional loan, an FHA loan, a USDA loan, and a VA loan. Conventional and FHA loans are the most popular. However, it's important to know in Minnesota that the USDA loans allow you to buy a house in a rural area for 100% financing. And so it's a home that is outside of the metro, essentially. Um, and I can give you more information on that. I feel like I know a lot of people who would actually benefit from a USDA loan, but I can get into that separately. Just reach out to me if you have questions about that. Um, and then, yeah, so there's the USDA loan and then there's VA loans, which are for veterans. Okay, so you start shopping for your house. This is the fun part. You start shopping for your house, and I recommend that you really, um, and your realtor will do this, but considering the neighborhoods that fit your price point, that, and you really need to communicate with the real estate agent as to what type of market that you're in, first and foremost, because when you're in a seller's market, you're going to have a different strategy than if you're in a buyer's market or let's say a balanced market. So ask your realtor when you get to that point, um, because it just depends on how you're going to play the game at that time. And by the way, I'm a realtor, so reach out to me if you have questions about this. Um, but I'm just going to keep going on with that. Um, so you're shopping and you find your home. Let's say you find your home. That's when you're going to make an offer on the house. And so when you're making an offer, you're going to submit your contract to the seller or the listing agent, and they're either going to do three things. They are going to accept your offer, they're going to counter your offer, or they're going to ignore it altogether, which they have that option as well. 
believe it or not. And your real estate agent will help you through this process to get your offer accepted. And so once it is accepted, once your offer gets accepted, that's called a binding contract. You officially have a binding contract. And that means that the seller has signed the offer and you have signed it as well. And it is no longer just an offer. It's a binding contract, meaning both parties, the buyer and the seller, have agreed that you're under contract. So now that you have a binding contract, you will go through a process called being under contract, or some people will call it escrow. I should say some markets um, or, con- or states call it escrow. Here in Minnesota, we usually call it under contract or under inspections. Um, and during this time period, there are a few things that happen. So there's a short window called a due diligence period. And depending on how your contract is written, it allows for you to do your inspections on the home, look around the neighborhood, look at the schools, etc. Make sure that you really love the property, the home that you um, just went under contract for. And then it's important to know that this is the only period in the transaction that you can back out of the deal. You can back out of your contract. So this time period depends on the market and it depends on your contract. I just want to make that clear. And if you're in a more competitive market, you might negotiate a shorter due diligence period. Um, But if it's a buyer's market, you might have a much longer due diligence period. And so you have to be mindful. And again, your realtor will know this. Be mindful because those dates are going to be super important to get your inspections done. And then at that point, you can either walk away from the deal, like I said, or terminate the deal. And it all depends on what's in your contract. And so another option that you have at that point is you can try to work with the seller to negotiate some of those repairs. And so that also can happen during the due diligence period as well. And so once you get past the due diligence period, there are two other major things going on. One being an appraisal. So, and that is to make sure that the house is worth whatever you are going to borrow that home for. So let's go back to our $500,000 example. It needs to appraise for $500,000 because that house is collateral for your loan. So if at any point during this process, once you buy the house and let's say you can't pay, God forbid, (laughs) the bank has to foreclose, they're going to take the assets back. So they need to make sure that the house that they're loaning you the money for is actually worth what you're paying for it. So they'll send down independent contractor I'm sorry, an independent appraiser to make sure. And they'll have a copy of that contract as well. And that is, they're just going to make sure that the house is worth $500,000. And there's some things that may happen in the case that it's not. I won't get into the full, full details of that today. But this is just as if everything goes according to plan, right? So... Another thing, during this period, you are in underwriting with your lender. So once you have gotten pre-approved for the $500,000, okay, now the underwriter, which is basically the lender, will be sending your information, the contract, everything to underwriting to make sure that you still qualify because when you get when you got the pre-approval, they didn't actually call your job during that time. They didn't do a deep dive into your financial situation. So that's when they'll do it in underwriting. Like now that they have a price and they have an amount that they're going to lend you the contract price, 
now the underwriter needs to see, okay, can this person really qualify for this loan? So instead of just looking at the pay stubs and just looking at the pay statements, they're going to look at it very closely. And they may even pull your credit again if it's been a while since they last post since they last pulled it. And they're probably going to call your job to make sure that you still work there. Like, so there's so many things that they're going to do during that time to make sure that you are going to be approved for the home. So as you can imagine, if something in your situation changes, that could potentially be a problem. Um, so you always have to be very careful during that, that, during that time period. And I have to say again, your realtor will let you know about this. And once the appraisal comes through and you get through underwriting and go from being just pre-approved to fully approved, that's called clear to close. The underwriter will give you the clear to close and then you are free to close on your house. So generally closings take place at a title company. And some situations are different, but basically the closing is nothing more than you signing the documents, accepting the loan. Uh, that's when you are acknowledging what happens if you don't make payments. You're acknowledging what your payments are going to be, what your interest rates are going to be, and you're just signing a lot of paperwork. And that's also when the title is transferred from the seller of the property to you. And that's when the closing attorney of the title company is facilitating the transfer of ownership between the seller and you. So there's nothing major that should come up at closing, right? So as long as like, as long as everything has been done during the inspection period and you've worked out any issues with underwriting, there isn't any issues with underwriting, I should say, closing generally should be really, really smooth. So that's it, you guys. I hope you... I hope this helps you and I actually have a bonus for you since you've made it this far. I have a full home buyer's guide as to go, that goes through the entire process, the home buying process, and you can download it directly through my Instagram. Thank you so much for listening and congratulations in advance for purchasing your first home.